Okay, I'm recording. <laughs> I thought you were going to... Hello, start. and welcome to the Up Close and Personal Trainer podcast. My name is Shona Denovan, and this is Emma Story Gordon. I am so happy to be back. Emma has been so busy this last couple of weeks. I feel like her neglected child, her neglected Aww. ginger child... <laughs> Oh, there's going to be many an unhappy ginger. It's okay, I live with an unhappy ginger, so. <laughs> uh, yeah, I felt like your neglected ginger stepchild that wasn't oh, loved. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you know the reason I um, neglected this podcast? Is because I because you don't make money from it. <laughs> it's because I don't make any money from it and I don't care, right? <laughs> no. It's because I feel like it takes quite a lot of energy, and and a, and no, in a good way. All right, okay. Like you can't just. Whereas sometimes I'm like, do you know what? Every week I need to do a Q and A podcast because that's mm-hmm. part of the delivery to my clients. But mm-hmm. this one's like one, I enjoy it, so I don't want to do it when I don't feel ready to do it. But two, we want it to be high high quality, and and like it takes energy for me to do it. You are honestly like the best at break. I imagine you're really good at breakups. <laughs> you let me down so gently there. <laughs> Do you know what? This relationship's just not working because it takes all my energy. It's because I care that I need to break up with you. Here, I forgot we did a uh, up close and personal trainer podcast with Andy last week, and he loved it. I think Andy had some sort of like sexual awakening just from our podcast yeah <laughs> I think he did you're welcome Andy if you're listening <laughs> I'm yeah. very excited about today's podcast me too so what are we talking about shame 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 is that not from Game of Thrones I'm you not full on here and then you shame at her I mean, that, that is, like, shaming. Have you not seen Game of Thrones? No, I, I haven't seen it either. But there was, like, a famous scene where they <laughs> cut off. I haven't seen it, but let me just tell you about what happens. But I was, I was that person that watched the last episode. I hadn't watched any of the final series, but I just watched the last episode of Game of Thrones just so that I could talk about it with clients if they'd watched it. Um. Um, it was a bit of a letdown but there was like a there's like a, a meme scene that everyone's like you know it's in gifts and whatever and Cersei Lannister gets all her hair cut off and everyone shouts shame 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 as she like walks down the street no and is okay. that because she's done something shameful or bad and and this is this is such a good start to it isn't it gosh what a brilliant segue into the shame <laughs> podcast I think it was incest okay Mm, I can see why that would be but I guess the real question is would being shamed so obviously actually the fear of that coming out and the shame that would come with that did not stop her doing the incestuous activity because she was still incesting in series six so no it obviously didn't work did it no I mean um so me and Emma have been talking about shame a lot for the last couple of weeks and you've been talking it, talking about it with Amelia um, in your EIQ nutrition group, which honestly is the best thing ever. Like I expected, I expected a lot and I got given 10 times more. 
we aim to over deliver <laughs> that's our motto the only thing is those bloody podcasts on facebook but we'll talk about that oh, other God, number. um yeah so you've been talking about it with amelia and we've been like sending back and forward brenny brown podcasts to each other um and i think brenny brown's like she's she's a kind of an it woman right now isn't she everyone's listening to her podcasts she's a big deal she's but kind I, of a big deal. she's kind of a big deal but i got onto her from amelia because she's been reading her stuff and quoting it and putting in her lectures and stuff for many many years um and i have to say i said this to you didn't i when you sent me when you were like oh i've listened to the brenny brown podcast that like you should go and listen to it and i was like there's something about her that just like, or maybe not her, but like her delivery that I just, I can't get behind. And I think I'd listened to one interview with her and I just, do you know what it was? I couldn't, and I spoke to Hannah about this as well. And I was like, I couldn't remember one thing that she'd said, which Ah. like, you know, and you're just, it's like when you read a couple of chapters or something and you're like, I have no idea what just happened. Like you're not in it. Yeah, because you want, you want something that you can take away from it. So if someone said, what did Brenny Brown talk about in that interview? You could be like, well, she said this and she said this and she said this. But I think what one of her skills are is that she can like talk around a subject for a very long time. And she can yeah. keep like articulating on the same thing. And yeah, I know I do know what you mean. Um, but her podcast, there has been a few like, I mean, you could take away the fact that she said that guilt is is things that you have done and shame is things that you are is that correct yeah so the example yeah. i gave i think i gave it in eiq but i might have spoken on the podcast spoken on it spoken about it on the podcast before so sorry if this is a recap for people but mm-hmm. i gave the example of say you've overeaten if you felt shame about that you would feel internally like you are a bad person for overeating if you felt guilty about that, you would say that behavior didn't align with my values at the moment. So I feel guilty about doing that behavior, but that behavior is not me. So mm-hmm. there's like the difference there. It's basically like internal versus external feelings. And, and the way I looked at it from a coaching perspective was also to do with a fixed versus growth mindset where fixed would be shame I am like it'd be like saying oh well I am I am fat I don't have any willpower nothing I can do about it I feel awful about doing this whereas guilt would be mm-hmm. oh I overate I can learn from that I can change that behavior because it's just a behavior that is changeable and I can move on from that so mm-hmm. yeah it links to fixed versus growth mindset I think for coaching yeah absolutely and I mean, the amount of clients that you'll have had and I've had come to you and they, they come to you because they're ashamed and, and they use that. They even use the language to say, I'm so ashamed of what I've become or what I've let happen. So how do you feel like as a coach, like how do you get someone to go on that journey from um, realizing that it's behaviors that they need to be addressing rather than than them and their identity how do you go from that um fixed to growth mindset it's interesting isn't it because when you said identity there it makes me think of um atomic habits where he actually does speak about you changing your identity so if you want to be 
like when we first started working together you're like i want to be treated like an athlete so we like changed your identity to you are an athlete and then your behaviors coincided with that change in identity so Mm -hmm. that's quite like almost is that the opposite way of doing it where you're actually focusing on someone's identity but you're focusing on changing that as opposed to saying your behaviors have nothing to do with who you are or your identity that's Mm -hmm. separate we're going to change your behaviors do you focus on changing their identity to something like i am a healthy person so i make healthy decisions or yeah. I love that because it's so much there's it's really empowering as well and you're allowing the, your clients to have a lot more autonomy that way as well aren't you um because when 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 we discussed that when I was one of your clients and I was like I want to feel like an athlete and you were like yeah well, okay like you just need to act like an athlete so what would an athlete do and the main thing for me was I'd been trying to give up alcohol for years and then as soon as that aligned that with the behaviors of an athlete so an athlete wouldn't drink alcohol i mean they wouldn't drink it to the excess that i was drinking it it felt so much easier for me because i was like okay well an athlete doesn't do that so i'm not going to do that Mm. so mm. yeah and then it makes you think from like a broader perspective like even if we look at the sorry i thought my audio went funny there even if we look at like the obesity strategy at the moment but actually nobody's looking at like people's identity they're just trying to change people's behaviors so if someone's overweight they might still feel like an overweight person which is often when things like um self-sabotage sort of come in when you think oh well i've you know this is me this is who i am i always fail i always i've always been the one who's overweight etc etc if you've not changed someone's identity then it's much harder to keep them changing those behaviors long term Mm -hmm. Hmm. so do you think there's a flaw in this whole strategy yes yes (laughs) yes 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 um yeah i think it's 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 targeting individuals instead of targeting a whole culture and I don't necessarily think that there is one answer to this I think there's lots and lots and lots of solutions um and I, I yeah which I will resonate feel... with different people right yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah what, what would you think is like a better strategy I actually think we're focusing way too much on diet and not enough yeah. on exercise and I think yeah. exercise doesn't have the same shame and and almost just emotion around it because you can take away you know body fat for some reason whatever it is has a huge amount of stigma shame and like and that causes things like secret eating binge eating whereas exercise just doesn't really have that it's just let's find an exercise you enjoy and help you consistently do it Mm -hmm. And, and with that kind of like we were talking about before when you become someone who exercises the rest of your behaviors will change to fall in line without you focusing on them so it's not and i've always said that i think the key to finding a diet that is successful for you is more about finding something that you can stick to that doesn't feel restrictive mm-hmm. and and if you're thinking about making changes but but it's almost subconscious because you're now someone who exercises like 
it's very unlikely you're going to go for a run and then come back and think I'm going to eat a bag of Doritos for breakfast. Like you would, I mean, maybe, but it's more likely you're going to make more healthy choices. And even if you didn't, you're still going to be healthier for having gone for the run. But these, and, and those choices will feel like choices, not things that are imposed on you. Thus you won't feel Mm -hmm. as restricted. Mm -hmm. But it feels, yeah, there's, but that feels like something that even needs to be broken down further because you can't just tell people to go out for a run. Like, oh, I, no, I, think, no, no. Like, I think exercise needs to be like prescribed and coached and monitored yeah, and supported yeah. and there'd be accountability there. But I just think so much of the focus is now on nutrition. And then within yeah. that, there's so many arguments about what we should eat and what we shouldn't eat and should we tax these things or should we not? Because you know, will people be able to get the food that they need if they're in lower income families? And there's so many things that go along with it, which are obviously important discussions to have. But I think that the the exercise component could have a huge impact on the diet side without like being so focused on it. Right. So I've got a personal story here, which might disprove this theory. Mm-hmm. So I have a friend from Shetland, right? I love her dearly and I always talk about her, right? Because she's just one of my fave people ever. So she's from Shetland and she competed in the Commonwealth Games. In what? In, in table tennis. <laughs> Lovely, yeah. Yeah, so... Wait, is Shetland, Shetland has a its own... No, it's part of Scotland. Right, okay. Right, so Shetland has a population of 20,000 and three people from Shetland competed in the Commonwealth Games. Now that is 0.3 of the population of Scotland and there was three people on the team and that's 300, there was 300 athletes so that's one percent. That's not representative of Shetland so I thought right okay well Shetland must be like a really fit healthy place. Shetland is one of the highest, uh, has the high, one of the highest rate cases of the cases, rates of obesity in the UK. So how does that work? That's oh, my question. I don't think there's much correlation. This is my other problem with when um, the government's like, oh, the Olympic legacy will save the obesity epidemic. No, it no. won't. Like, no, come on, nobody, like people like sitting on their ass on the couch being like, ah. Oh. I would have got that shot in the table tennis or whatever. Like, but they don't well, actually I, think I'm going to take up table tennis or like they see Usain Bolt. So I'm from Ayrshire, which has a population of 300,000. And I mean, I, do, I didn't look it up, but there was probably no one from Ayrshire <laughs> in the Commonwealth Games. So that sounds like Ayrshire. a very legit stat. I haven't looked this up, but I don't know anyone from my town that was in the Commonwealth Games. I was... I was tired of looking up stats. I'd looked up so many stats just to be like, if I'd been born in Shetland, I could have been a Commonwealth Games athlete. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I don't think there's a big correlation between like Olympic success or... No, it's not not just Olympic success. It's the, the fact that the sports facilities for Shetland were amazing for her growing up. Like there's so much money plowed into... Shetland because of whatever like 
it's an island. I don't know. People are excited mm. about it. Um, so yeah, I, I didn't know if there's a correlation between like the amount of money that's plowed into like sports and leisure facilities and, and outdoor spaces and the obesity rate, but obviously there's not. Yeah, so, I don't yeah, I don't know. I don't think there is. I also um wonder if it's partly because maybe there wasn't much else to do on Shetland <laughs> <laughs> than play table tennis. How did table tennis get to Shetland? That's my question. I, like, I've, I've asked her pretty much every single question that you could possibly ask apart from how did table tennis get to Shetland? Yeah, no idea. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Um, but you wanted to talk about fit shaming as well. Um, because I did. There's so much shame on this podcast. Shame. Shame. <laughs> I mean... Personally, I don't think that fit shaming is a, okay. This is controversial. Is as damaging as like just like sort of fat shaming or body shaming. What do you think? Um, I would probably agree, but I also don't think that they are comparable. So no, when I was right. researching this, like the first thing, if you Google fit shaming, the first thing that comes up is like a Guardian article, and it's like, what is fit shaming? Well, you've heard of fat shaming. This is just the opposite. Not true. No, it's not like enough. there's there's a lot of different things that are going on there. However, it did get a lot of interest when I posted about, it, and I kind of knew it would just purely purely because of the people that follow me who are into fitness, and because I knew that most people will have experienced some form of like fit shaming in their life, and then it came up quite a lot in the commit to six group. Mm. It came up because someone had, their their partner or husband had said that they were spending too much time on their training, which isn't fit shaming, but they were, she was, he was kind of shaming her because he was saying that she wasn't spending enough time with her kids. I think that's what she said. And then he, and then some other people were saying that she was um, too muscular or looking scary so yeah that oh my god so i actually remember and i'm going to butcher this because i can't remember what the post was now but it went viral a couple of years ago and it was this woman i think she owned a gym or something and and a member or or she was at a gym maybe and anyway someone else had come up to him and been like oh you know i wish i could be as fit as you but you know i've got kids and whatever and she was like (laughs) she was like oh yeah sorry my kids are just at home making their own dinner at four and five because I thought that I should go to the gym and that was my priority so I don't actually look after them blah 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 and I was like touche um (laughs) yeah interesting the thing is and we say this all the time but like if it's a priority it'll get done in some whether that's a workout at home or you get to go to the gym or however you want to do it and the other part of that is to say it's not the top of your priority is also absolutely fine. If you're like, do you know what? I used to go to the gym six days a week, but now I've got kids and really I can only go twice. Fine. Mm-hmm. It's, it's yeah. not that you cannot go six days. It's that your kids are now more of a priority, which is absolutely fine. Yeah. yeah. But I do think that it's good for kids to see their parents exercise and, and put their, their health as a priority because um like if your parents just like give everything up then it makes you think that you're the center of the world and then you grow up to be a boomer Mm. also I was 
slash still am massively inspired by my mum. And I don't yeah. think I would have been as ex- inspired by her had she given up her career and her whole yeah. life effectively when she had me. And I think you're yeah. right, like seeing your parents work out, seeing them set aside time during the day where that's oh that's when mum or dad like goes into the garage or goes into that room and that's that's the hour of the day that they work out like, that's their hour that's a good thing for kids to see i think that's mm-hmm. a huge like um lesson that you can teach them and obviously kids learn by seeing uh, also do you uh, know what kids are really good for you can use them to like load your weights and then you can use them to film like Faisal does <laughs> oh my god you can also use them to count reps. <laughs> yeah. Especially when yeah. they're learning to count. It's like a double, it's like you're teaching, but you're yeah. working out as well. Win-win. Yeah, totally. So um, um, Andy commented on that post and basically said um, that he used to find this with one of his ex-partners and so he broke up with them. Um, <laughs> And we just thought, oh, okay. But like, essentially, okay. so he, he thought that, so there's probably a bit of difference we should identify. But I think sometimes being unsupportive and fat shaming get a little bit like merged. So it sounds more like his partner was unsupportive of the amount of time he was spending at the gym, mm-hmm. which is probably yeah. slightly different than Sorry, did I say fat shaming? I meant fit shaming, yeah, which yeah. is probably slightly different than fit shaming. Yeah, that's that's like, well, if she was saying, um, if she she didn't like the amount of time that he was spending at the gym because she felt like he was like, like getting too buff and that he was like making her feel insecure, then I would feel like that's kind of veering into the fat, the fit shaming sort of realm but if she was just like i'm in a relationship with you and i'd never see you because you're too busy pumping iron at the gym looking at your biceps andy (laughs) then that's just like come on like i need i need a relationship here yeah but but i think the, the the problem there is that a lot of people it comes across as or even they'll say it in like a fit shaming way because they can't articulate the fact that they're like, I just want to spend more time with you. Yeah. Yeah. And I totally feel right. like the gym is taking up too much time or you prepping your meals or I don't want to spend every Sunday prepping my meals. Like, yeah. I want to have a life, which is fair enough. Uh-huh. Well, it's easier to, it's easier to like attack than like show vulnerab- vulnerability, isn't it? Do you not think? That's it's such a hard to word like, to say. Vulnerability. Vul, especially for me, vulnerability. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. Um, but then I think I think a lot of people as well fit shame because if it's someone in their family or like a close person like we work with, it makes them feel that they're not doing enough. And then it, the, yeah. like not, I mean, not that you're you're being fit is like damaging them in any way that's all their own problem but it makes people feel better to like pull you down and say that oh you're li- you're looking too lean like oh you're obsessed with them you're dead boat like thing people say um i think you said it in the podcast or oh, i couldn't be like you i just like food as if you don't like food yeah, like, I, yeah. I think when you when you're dieting you like food more than anyone else <laughs> yeah don't 
Yeah, because we were talking about like, oh, you know, I wish I could do that. But the thing is, I just don't have that much willpower. And you're like, okay, next excuse. Mm-hmm. Um, what else did I want to say about, oh, okay. Something that, so something I want to discuss with you specifically is, do you ever get comments or have you ever had comments like, oh, you're, you're a bit too big now or you looked better before? I don't think people would dare say that to me. <laughs> <laughs> so you've reached the stage where you are well, not too big, but you are like obviously muscular. So you're like, I could snap you in half. Um, I could crush I a watermelon between my thighs. <laughs> um, I I don't think I've ever had anyone say that. Like when I was thinking about shaming and and different types of shaming I've experienced. I would say I've been food shamed so much like in my life as someone who likes to eat a lot. Um, I remember when I was, I was 17, I was on my sister's hen do and I, I was slim. Like I wasn't overweight. Even if I was overweight, commenting on what someone eats or their appetite is still a shitty thing to do. But the but, thing um, is, and this, this is what people point out a lot of the time is, no one would say that if you were overweight. Absolutely. So if you were Absolutely. overweight and you were like having another piece of cake, no one would be like, all right, don't you think you've had enough now? No. Whereas it's almost seen as okay to do that to someone who's slim. And actually yeah. this was a, a comment on the post and she'd obviously not read it, which always really annoys me, but she was like, actually, I think sometimes, you know, if people are bordering on disordered eating or eating disorders, then someone should say something. And I'm like, what, in the middle of a room? You think that's going to, you think if someone's like bordering on an eating disorder, if you're like, you should have a sandwich, that, oh, that's, oh, wait, now they're cured. No, if you were actually worried, you would be like, can we have a chat alone and actually sit down and speak to them and maybe Mm -hmm. offer a way to help them? Or if they wanted to go and get some help, you would support them. You wouldn't say, like, shout in a room or like, fit shame them all or even comment on what they were eating no definitely not like that is never ever going to work and it's not something anyone should ever do but yeah I've just experienced like as a big eater like I've always experienced it and even um I remember a, a friend who was looking for nutrition advice said I wouldn't come to you Shona because I've seen you eat pizza and I was like that should be the opposite they should be like you look great you're fit and healthy yeah and you eat pizza yeah like, that's the best thing totally um i think like I, I've, I've had like a total epiphany about about how much we see women eat in media and in films and tv like the only time we see women eat is when it's like trying to add to the story and we're trying to learn something about her character. So for example, like um, if we see a woman eat ice cream, it's because she's depressed and lonely. Um, or if or she's like, yeah, or, or she's eating something sexily. So she's eating something like licking an ice cream. Like we never see a woman just like she's talking to someone and then just happens to be eating. Um, and you'll notice that women in film and TV, like they kind of like pick at things and hmm. yeah. um, 
even like the really famous, you know, when Harry met Sally scene, you know, when she has an orgasm. No. And then this old woman goes, I'll have what she's having. You know that one? <laughs> no, because I don't watch TV. But yeah, continue. Oh, it's a really old film. It's Meg Ryan. But anyway, like he's, he's eating like this giant delicious sandwich and she's got something in front of her and she like picks it all apart and then like takes a little bite of bread and then has a, like this orgasm. And even then, like... I thought, I don't know, I don't know. Um, no, I, I get you. I am, I'm actually just thinking, yeah. like, so last night I couldn't sleep. So I did watch, I watched an episode of Grey's Anatomy and that rings a bell because I vividly remember they ordered a Chinese and then had one bite and started arguing and just left it. Oh, that so annoys me. That really annoys me. I'm like, and then, I would like, can we wait until dinner finishes? Yeah, and then I'm we'll sorry. <laughs> yeah. And then the other thing was some crappy thing I was watching, but basically the woman, like it was meant to be a bit of a comedy, but the woman kept being like, don't watch me while I, while I, while I eat. Which mm. I just thought, what a strange, oh. like, oh. <laughs> and there was, you know, the, the, it started with this woman who was, in fact, it's the woman from Friends who is Monica, right? So beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And even at whatever age she is, incredible physique. But they're like, oh. oh, look at my saggy elbow and look at my bingo wings and look at, and I was just like, oh, this is the worst thing. And like, that's like, a new, you sort of expect that from older films or like older shows, but these are like mm-hmm. new. I know. I know it's crazy. There's this amazing TV show that everyone needs to watch and it's called I May Destroy You. Have you heard of it? No. Um, it is. Uh, I won't tell you what it's about, but the female character in it does loads of things that you, that as women we are shamed for. So the, the thing that struck me first of all, and then got me on this chain of like food shaming thing is that her and her friend go on holiday to Italy and they're both slim women and they're eating pasta and they've got bread and they're like scooping up the sauce and they're so happy they're like dancing eating the pasta and I was like I have never seen women do that ever like I'm so shocked because you've seen women in real life eat like that yeah yeah I've seen women in real life but we've never seen it on telly ever and then there's like this sex scene where she forgets that she's on her period and um like she continues with the sex scene and then he pulls her her tampon and I was like like I was I was horrified but she's just like no fucks given like I don't feel that shame and actually like that is something that probably is there a difference between like I don't know if I would feel shame but possibly quite embarrassed (laughs) is there a difference there well you you've like we've been brought up to not talk about periods like we're not supposed to talk about it shameful isn't it and it's it's dirty and disgusting obviously i'm i'm uh, using finger quotes here um but like if that wasn't a shameful thing because women experience that every single month it would be unusual for you to like initiate sex and then be like oh shit mom period like for that not to happen so actually why is that not an okay thing so yeah this 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 tv show everyone needs to watch because it's so it's so unusual um i may destroy you and what and what is it netflix 
It's on BBC. I may destroy you. Um, yeah, it's just brilliant. Lots to think about. Lots to unpack. Oh, so it. much to unpack. Okay, so, so back to fit shaming. So this wouldn't be a fit shaming thing, but more like I know a lot of my clients have got things like you're too muscular now. I've definitely had comments of like, you've gone too far. You looked better before, blah, blah, blah. But my point about this is like if anyone ever for one second thought that that was like constructive or useful like how do you expect someone to to respond to that like if someone was like oh you look too muscular now you what do they think you're going to turn around and be like thank you for telling me that I look too do you know what I didn't realize but now that you've said it I'm gonna stop Mm. lifting weights like that Mm -hmm. that isn't how it's played off and normally people would just brush it off and I had Mm -hmm. a question on my story today which was basically like how would how do you suggest people deal with this like if someone fit shames you and I think it's quite a hard one because I don't see any real benefit to turn like I'm not the kind of person nor do I see what I would win from turning around and being like how dare you critique my body I couldn't even say it was straight (laughs) how dare you critique my body yeah yeah I don't think I could say that so I probably wouldn't say that but and also I'm not very confrontational and it, yeah, I just don't see what I'd get from it. But I also don't want people to like internalize that and then play it over and over in their head. Like how would you, how do you think people should deal with it? Uh, just recognize it for what it is. It's just their own insecurity. It's just that you don't fit the box that they've put you in. And that box is that you wear like acceptable for them you had the the body shape that was acceptable and then suddenly you're doing things that make you feel amazing make you strong uh inside and out um and just remember that like it's it's definitely not ever a reflection on you it's always a reflection on them and i would probably just um <laughs> i don't know i don't know give them a little Thanks, babe. Thanks but actually see if someone ever told me which I think the main reason that I've never been fit shamed or like said that I've gone too far is because I've never actually gone that far. <laughs> That's what you know that. well. Oh, so the other, <laughs> the other couple of things, as you were saying that, made me think of an answer. So I think if it's a stranger, as you say, just be like, okay, thanks. Thanks okay. for your unsolicited opinion, Brian. Yeah. Nobody cares. <laughs> but if it's a friend or someone in your family then it might be a good idea to sit down and be like look this is something I've worked really hard for and it and it like it hurts me when you speak about me in that way and actually you'll probably make them feel so uncomfortable that they'll never because it's never like it's always a sly jab like dig here and there like oh you wouldn't do that because you're fit or I don't know, little things as opposed to yeah. like an upfront conversation. So if you did have that conversation with someone, mm-hmm. then I doubt. Yeah, I think like I always meet people with love and sympathy and empathy and realize that they're probably just feeling a bit insecure and bad about themselves. And you're like, and you're. And also, that's the, always the most patronizing thing. You're like, okay, I've noticed that you've been making fit shaming comments at me are you jealous of my abs and if you want to sign up to commit six i can talk to emma and see if i can get you on the next intake 
and like hold their hands and your hands and look <laughs> into their eyes deeply and be like, I know that you're hurting. I know that you're hurting. Yeah. Do that. <laughs> and then don't say anything else, just that. <laughs> They'll be like, what? And just be like, I know. I know. <laughs> oh. oh dear. Um yeah, so um I've not have you experienced body shaming, fit sorry, fit shaming? Oh yeah, especially when I was really lean. And especially like I used to brush it off as because it was usually random people I didn't know, like on the internet. And to some extent, I'm like, okay, if you're putting pictures of yourself on the internet, like you will get some random troll who's gonna be like I don't like the way you look and you're like oh okay thanks for coming on my page and telling me that you don't like the way I look like it is quite a strange thing but as I said it always says a lot more about them like who who with a life has time to go on to people's like (laughs) social media and and like horrible comments yeah it is very very odd the the one thing I did a bit of feedback I got on that post was from a man and I'd said in the post that women experience this typically more than men and he'd said men experience it too which obviously I know but I I will stand by that I don't think they experience it to the same level I think that a man with like big muscles and a rippling six-pack is seen as an amazing thing whereas if a woman has that physique people feel like they can judge her on it or say things about it. And even more so yeah. than they feel like they could say something if she was overweight. Yeah. Which is interesting yeah. as well. So yeah. although I think um, in, in many ways, as we sort of started this with like fat shaming is potentially a, a bigger issue, which I think it mm-hmm. probably, like I agree with that it is. I think it's more acceptable to fit shame. Did I just get them mixed up again? Fat shaming no. might be a bigger issue, but fit shaming is probably more acceptable. Yeah. Um, Paul's lost like a stone and a half or something like that in lockdown. And one of his friends said, yeah, but you'll have lost all your strength, won't you? Which I think is like a kind of fit shamey thing. Yeah. Like I, I think it's like, and but the thing is like, it, it just didn't affect Paul. He was like, yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. But look at my abs. <laughs> But have you seen my biceps? <laughs> the thing is, like, it is just a bit shit when you, like, work so hard on achieving something. Because people that say these things, they probably don't realise how hard it is to get where you've got mm. and to the place where they need to make a comment. And so they feel that it's okay to just sort of, like, pull you down to their level. But, nah. Nah. No. So anyway, this person was saying this. It's really hard for them because uh, some people call him a roid head, even though he's natural. <laughs> oh, my heart bleeds. <laughs> I know. It's really hard just naturally being really muscular. And everyone thinks so the, it it basically was like, that was like a flex as well. What you said there yeah. is like that he looks so big that people can't believe he's natural. It's like when people put like natural in their bio as if anyone was thinking any different. 100% natty. No one asked. No one asked. Yeah, I was thought him. differently, babe. No one. The thing is, though, like, I think 
I, my sympathy was kind of limited. Obviously, I had lots of sympathy for the people that were posting in the group, but my sympathy was kind of limited for the subject because when I looked it up and I looked up like podcasts about fit shaming, it was all bodybuilders talking about like, oh, people can't deal with me when I'm in peak week. They're like, oh, you're too lean. Oh, sh- shut up. Yeah, but bodybuilding is meant to be a bit of a freak show. Yeah, totally. It's not meant to look normal, is it? Exactly. I do yeah. sometimes feel sorry more so for female bodybuilders. Who's like, again, just because it seems to be more acceptable to be like, you know, if they're like out and about and they're just obviously they're big women now because they've got a hell of a lot of muscle mass and people seem to feel like it's okay to comment on that. Whereas if they were that big with body fat, I don't think people would in the same outright way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. Do you think that's why there is like just talking about like why people feel that, that you they can't comment on f- body fat? Um, do you think that's why there's now this like fat acceptance movement and um people are take like taking ownership of the body positivity movement? What is it? <laughs> I was like do you, do I think that it's more like the fat acceptance movement has meant that less people speak about like would never say oh no, I think I, I think like um I follow a few people on Instagram who are body positivity body positive and uh, fat activists and they they don't have a shame any shame about talking about being fat like they'll ha- they uh, will themselves as fat and um, so that's like there's because one thing that you talk about is I have fat rather than I am fat but they are like I am fat and proud and so like there's I am removing fat and sh- I have fat <laughs> <laughs> yes. I think so I think and the I am proud. is that what what I try and instill to people who obviously have come to me to lose body fat is taking the emotion away from that so you're not a fat person, you simply have some fat. And actually for our goal of losing body fat, that's quite important. And also taking away that identity of being fat. Whereas if you're part of the, you know, if you're fat acceptance or a fat activist and you're Mm. calling yourself fat and you don't want to change that, then I guess it's okay that your identity is that. Aside from potential health complications. Yeah. But equally, and I think this is part of their argument, which is quite interesting, is like, my health has nothing to do with you. Yeah, I love it. I actually, actually really, don't comment on my health because... I, it, and, and yeah, that's equally, one of my favourite parts of it. I mean, would you... I mean, probably, you're not going to walk up to someone who smokes and be like, you know, that's really bad for your health. And maybe you would, I don't know. Because mm. there's a line, isn't there? It's like, yes your like your health is your own responsibility and do i have a right to comment on that like potentially not but then equally when it comes down to like we're all one nhs and actually like if we want to protect the nhs and we want to improve the health of britain as a whole like Mm. is that a shared responsibility i know but you're client hannah has has proved that that is bullshit and that's like tory propaganda to make us all hate fat people because like as 
like remember her her statistic on if everyone lost five pounds okay yeah 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 but well yes and no so yeah if everyone lost a small amount of weight then then it wouldn't like save the nhs but that i mean i'm sure she would agree that obesity related diseases cost the nhs a hell of a lot of money and and Mm. that would be something that would be deemed like preventable unlike things like cancer treatment and well even then i guess you could say if people lost more weight then there would be less of certain types of cancer or less severity of cancer yeah oh we're going down a pretty um (laughs) pretty that's shaming people that that is blaming and shaming people for um the strain on the nhs which we've agreed doesn't work i don't think it is so i don't think sharing information is blaming people so you know the whole like cancer and obesity campaign yeah like i don't think that that was shaming I think it, it, I think the information was put out in a possibly in a poor way, but the fact is, overweight people like that does incre- being overweight increases your risk of certain types of cancer. I don't think that fact is inherently fat shaming or shaming in any way. But is that going to work? Just releasing that information? Oh, absolutely not. If- that was no. that was sort of my issue with that as well. I was like, we should be getting them to exercise. Where's the exercise referral? <laughs> I do. There seems yeah. to be a trend with my response to government guidelines. I'm like, where's the exercise? But I think that's what's scary about that and what will, I think, backfire about putting out information like that, like this is how dangerous it is to be overweight, is that often, like I say we, as in like the government, put out that information and then just say nothing basically yeah and that's so you it. Try that's, and lose that, it yeah and we're not helping people we're literally saying okay so you're the problem right <laughs> i could help but i'm not gonna i'm just gonna say you're the problem yeah okay, it's like really that's scary that's... information but then what would yeah. be much more reassuring is okay so you're putting your health at risk here but these are the things that we can do to help you and if we work together we can we can definitely like resolve this situation or improve this situation for you and that's empowering to know that you can change but just to give you this is really scary yeah you're scaring (laughs) me and you know what people do when they're scared and they're emotional and they're used to using food as like an emotional boom they eat they absolutely eat yeah yeah everything should be solved with love and empathy rather than shaming blaming point the finger agreed agreed yeah well 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 that was a hilarious <laughs> podcast it was hilarious it was actually the next one minute. Will be. i'm excited yeah the next the next one will be um it's Yep, we've got we've got it lined up. We've got lots of interesting things. And as usual, listeners, dear listeners, write in with your questions, your comments, your discussion topics. We want to hear it all. <laughs> what was it you said that um, I'd broken into this morning? <laughs> this is a lesbian market. <laughs> Did you come up with that word? Yeah, I did because you you said 
I'm a celebrity trainer now. And then I clicked on the celebrity and I was like, wow, she's got a lot of followers. And then I, we had lots of mutual followers and every single person that followed her that I knew was gay, was a lesbian. And I was like, ah, oh, right. So she's just a lesbian. <laughs> yeah, I think she is actually. Quite you know what, Emma? I think... Lesbian world. And her music's amazing. It's really good. Um, I think I think we could call you a lesbian. One day. We can only we can only hope. I've um <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Just in case you're not aware, so lesbian is celebrity lesbian. <laughs> it's it's a genius word. Yes, yeah. <laughs> oh, right, on, okay. Any more celesbians want to reach out um, to the podcast for sponsorship? Um, <laughs> you, we'll happily talk about whatever you're punting, whatever you're selling, whatever music. Yeah. Okay. Great. Anyway, great. peace out. Love you. Bye.